Whether mild anxiety is making it hard to find peace or extreme anxiety and panic episodes associated with PCOS are debilitating to regular life, this episode will help you find the tools to create more peace and calm in your day-to-day. You're listening to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of PCOS and how to repair the imbalances in your hormones naturally with a little medical help sprinkled in. Hi, I'm Ashleen Korchek, and with many years of medical and personal experience with polycystic ovarian syndrome, it is my joy to watch women reverse their PCOS as they learn to nourish their body in a whole new way. With the power of our beliefs, our mindset, and our environment, and the understanding of our genetics, we can heal at the root cause. Welcome back to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where today's episode is about the increased incidence of anxiety among women with PCOS, and if you're struggling with it, how you can care for and decrease your anxiety. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to strongly recommend that you get assistance from a board-certified medical doctor for any anxiety, depression, or other mood disturbances. But during today's episode, I'm going to share some natural day-to-day techniques that you can use and approaches that you can use that I have found helpful and many other women with PCOS have found helpful. And you can include these with any recommendations that your doctor has for medication or how to handle your anxiety, stress, and other mood disturbances. So first of all, how is PCOS and anxiety linked? And is there a link between them? Anxiety is a very complex problem, and some of the recommendations today can feel like I'm oversimplifying it. But it's not meant to be that way. It's meant to just be a tool that you can use as a portion of your anxiety management. Anxiety can have a emotional, physical, and chemical component that each feed off of each other to worsen the condition. The physical condition of PCOS has been found by many medical researchers to increase anxiety. It makes sense, right? Like the fertility struggles have an enormous cause of increased stress and anxiety, but so does acne, hair problems, weight frustrations, period problems. All of these things, just the fact that they're having, put more on our plate, leave more stress in our lives. And unless that stress is managed or we feel like we have a way of addressing our PCOS, it can make us feel really helpless. So that's a kind of a physical way that the condition of PCOS can increase our anxiety. When hormones are unbalanced, they can throw off our chemical balance, um, the chemicals that communicate inside of our body. So that's the hormones are the chemicals that communicate and tell our body how we're feeling, how we're doing, and they can be completely thrown off by the hormone imbalance of PCOS, and that can lead to more anxiety. And that's where a lot of times medications can work on the chemical imbalance that we have that is leading to anxiety. And so that's where it's important to also see a doctor and not just um, struggle through thinking that, well, it's just because I have PCOS, there's nothing really they can do. There are things they can do to help override some of that chemical chaos. So how do we go about balancing the hormones naturally for a more stable mood? Well, first of all, anytime you're having a mood disturbance, I don't recommend necessarily just waiting for the natural approach to take over, especially if you're having very debilitating anxiety. That's where you want to talk to your doctor. But In the meantime, and along with, taking a natural approach to balance your hormones can have a huge um, impact on improving that chemical imbalance of anxiety and of PCOS. And so uh, the same things that we've been talking about here in 
the podcast overall and other episodes. Lifestyle changes is going to help to you know balance the hormones, improve all the symptoms, including anxiety. So the best place to start there is, of course, take the PCOS root cause quiz and other episodes go more into how to take a natural approach to healing and rebalancing your hormones of PCOS. But today we're just going to focus on the anxiety piece. So there are things you can do in your day-to-day specifically addressing anxiety, and that's what we're going to cover here. Anxiety is rooted in a feeling of helplessness and wanting things outside our control or feeling like things are outside of our control. And while in reality, these things may actually truly be outside of our control, most of the time creating a path towards them is not. And that is where we can have so much peace of mind as we begin a progression of habits, of choices and changes that are putting ourselves in the direction of what we want, even though the end result may be out of our control, it still gives us that action of taking steps forward, helps to calm us and realize that there's a lot that we can do and it helps to make us feel empowered as compared to helpless. So first of all, it's about creating a mindset of peace. And we're going to walk through some of the things that I have found very helpful and women I have worked with have also found very helpful. And the first one is the self-talk. Now, a lot of this can be subconscious. And we may not even realize the thoughts that we're having that are giving us self-talk because we're not actually saying them out loud. But when we start to think, first of all, what is it that is causing anxiety? I want you to take a few minutes today or tomorrow after you've listened to this episode, and I want you to write down things that you are concerned about, worrying about, wanting, ruminating on, feeling blocked about. So, you know, for the fertility example could be you're just wanting a baby so bad and you don't know if it'll ever happen. And just realizing how common that thought is throughout the day, even if you're not consciously having it, is the first step to realizing what it is that's causing you stress and anxiety. And then it creates the self-talk that goes with it. So as we have these things we're focused on, worried about, anxious about, feeling helpless about, we all day long create thoughts and comments in our head about, oh, someone else is going to get pregnant before us, or then I'm going to have to deal with that, or all of these things that are adding to the problem, adding more and more and more stress on something that we're already anxious and stressed about. And so if we can start to reframe some of those thoughts, first by becoming conscious of them, And then two, reframing them in ways that feel positive and that we could handle. Again, these are things that may actually be outside of our control. I'm not saying that you have the control to change these things. However, the way that we approach them, think about them, talk about them, that we can change. And if we do it in a way that feels empowering, calming, and peaceful to us, It has a huge impact on how our body responds to this anxiety, stress, and focus of worry that we have inside of our bodies because we can't change what we want. We don't need to change what we want, but it's how we go about creating a positive direction towards what we want and letting the things we want or don't want in our life that we're worried about to consume us in a way that becomes debilitating. Let's think about it in a reverse sense. So we were talking about things that we want, and then there's things that we don't want. So I like to use the example and think about it in the terms of what if 
It's happened about two years ago. We were on evacuation notice for fires up here in Oregon, which never happens on the side of the Cascades in Oregon because we're so wet, but it was a dry summer and we were on backup notification for evacuation. And this kind of came out of the blue, um, very unexpected for our region and not something we've ever had to deal with before. And of course, my husband was completely unavailable at work. And so, you know, every once in a while I would get a text through and he would get to text back, but it was kind of one of these days of like your mind is spinning of all these horrible things that could happen and what do I do? And as soon as I sat down and I thought, okay, where would we go? What do we need? Gathered it up, had it sitting by the door. Actually, I put it in the car and thought through what needs to happen. What is the worst case scenario? Our house is insured. Honestly, there's a lot of things we'd like to do different to it. So although it would be a hassle, okay, you know, it is what it is. Worst case scenario, we have some house project that we're going to need to work on because our house might be in danger. But my husband's got his you know, evacuation plan that would meet up with ours. Car's full of gas. The car has food, water, blankets. We know where we're going to go. I have the GPS set. My phone is charged. Everything's fine. I have the people I loved taken care of. We're good. There was no change in the situation. The facts were still the facts. We were still on backup notification for possible evacuation. However, all of a sudden, my physiology, my mental stress, my body's actual physical response of heart racing and inability to think straight because I'm just thinking in so many different directions, all of a sudden felt calm and peaceful. And on a side note, what that does to your hormones and your hormone health is huge. Just not having that flight and fight response constantly going inside of your body, but realizing that although the situation is outside of my control, although this is something I do not want, I am not helpless. I have the power. I have the ability to take care of this situation and I can handle it. And the worst case scenario isn't that bad. It's not what I want, but we can do this. That mindset shift is huge. And we can do that in all areas of our life as we are dealing with something negative that we don't want, or as we are working towards something that we do want. Going back to the idea of fertility and the struggle of wanting a baby and not knowing if it'll happen and not knowing even if you spend a ton of money and a ton of energy and emotional and physical energy going through fertility treatments, if it'll even work. And we can get ourselves so in a spin mentally, emotionally, and even physically That when we step back and we realize, worst case scenario, what if we have to go to plan B, C, D, E, F, what if we're all the way down at like plan Z, what would those look like for me? What would be the right ones for me? What would be the progression that would make sense for me? And all of a sudden when it's laid out and you realize, okay, that's a long ways off. Like these things that I'm worrying about, I have so many chances, opportunities, and hope before them that you start feeling more hopeful, less helpless. When you start thinking about even if I make some small changes in my health regimen, even if I just start cutting out these few things and adding in these few things, and all of a sudden you start realizing, wait, my periods are coming more regular. Like I'm feeling better. And then I still have all of these options with my doctor. Like there's a lot of hope here. This could happen. And you start to feel less and less scared, less and less helpless, and more and more empowered to follow with the dreams of wanting to become a mommy. Okay, so those are the mindset and the self-talk and the exercises that we can run through in our mind to help us 
unpackage our worries, unpackage our anxieties, to calm them down, to comfort ourselves, and ultimately to feel more in control, which will decrease our anxiety. It's like it just puts a wet blanket on the fire. It just calms it all down and allows us to sleep. A lot of times at night is when these things kind of start to come up. It allows us to get a good night rest. So again, good sleep is going to help our hormones. You know, finding that peace and calm is going to help our hormones. It makes us more effective in our day as far as being able to make good food choices because we're not stress eating. The ripple effect of this goes on and on and on. Okay. The other thing that I like to do is tell myself, look, there are so many options and I kind of, we talked about this a little bit, but there are so many options between now and worst case scenario that... I'm not allowed to worry about this until this point. It's kind of like if the fires were coming um, and they were way up in the Cascades and they were like hours away and they weren't even close to our town yet, but we're watching it and we're like, well, if this fire really got out of hand, which usually they don't as they head towards civilization, right? If it really got out of hand and they didn't do anything about it, like it could come for us. The wind shifted just right. It could come for us. Okay. This is an example of where you're like, okay, look, 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 look. We can't drive ourselves crazy with all of the possibilities out there that could get us. So this is an example of where I would say, look, I'm not going to worry about this forest fire until it reaches this town or until it reaches this landmark. And then I'm going to start really thinking about, okay, maybe I should start thinking of an evacuation plan. Maybe I should start thinking about what I need to bring with me and so forth. So I mean, not that you need to be completely unprepared for disasters, but um, there's a point at which you're like, okay, I can't worry about that yet. It's not even on the radar of problems yet. I'm making up problems that could happen because there's always forest fires this time of year in the summer. And so, you know, at some point you just tell yourself, look, I'm going to worry about that when it gets to this point. Until then, I'm just going to like keep an eye on it. Okay, so then beyond the mindset, the self-talk, what are some things to help you find calm in a moment? Because those are things that maybe you do after you calm down a little bit or they're more action items. But what can you do when you're just feeling jittery and there's not necessarily a reason yet or you can't figure out what the reason is yet or you already have your contingency plans? You've already done the mindset work, but you're still just feeling anxious. This is where breath work really becomes very helpful. And it can be so therapeutic to use breathing techniques in a way to chase away anxiety and increase our energy and even help us manage pain. So deep breathing, it stimulates our vagus nerve, which connects to our brain and our gut and helps relax our bodies and take us out of that fight or flight mode. Well, shallow breathing kind of tells us at a primal level that we need to be ready to run and that there's like a threat lurking causes us to just feel more anxious in and of itself. Taking a deep breath, it reassures us that we are okay in the moment and that is a powerful aid in reducing chronic stress. So I'm going to walk you through two different exercises of calming breath techniques and you can follow along with me. If you're currently driving, you can follow along, but keep your eyes open or even better yet, come back after you're done driving and listen to this part again and walk through these when you're not multitasking so that you can give it your full attention and see how it makes you feel. Okay, so belly breathing kind of with a rock and roll. This is where you're either going to sit on a chair or cross-legged on the floor. If you're on a chair, don't lean against the back. I want you to be upright and supporting yourself. 
If you're on the floor, you can use a blanket to help support you so that you feel more supported under the knees or even under um, like your butt cheeks so that your back feels more supported. As you inhale, you're going to expand your belly as big as you can all the way around from like your belly and your back, like full belly and back expansion. As you exhale, you're going to full back and belly expansion as you take a deep breath in and kind of lean forward into that expansion. So take a deep breath in. And then as you exhale, lean back, kind of like you're slumping on a couch. You kind of almost curve your spine in a little bit more and push all of that air out. And even almost contract those abs like they're just squeezing all the air you have left in you until you feel completely empty. And then remember, you want to be a lower body breather. So this shouldn't really elevate your neck and shoulders and upper chest. They can rise, but they should feel soft and relaxed. You're really focusing on lower back and belly expansion. So again, on the inhale, you're going to expand your belly and back. And you're kind of rocking into your belly and then rocking out and kind of moving with that to help pull the air in and push the air out. So if you're feeling like there's days that you're stressed, you can take a pause and do this. You can set a timer. If you're having a stressful week and just do this periodically because you probably need it. If you have an Apple watch and it tells you to breathe every once in a while, you can stop and do this. Another one you can do is where you exhale in a pulse-like manner. So you're going to scoop your belly in and pull your belly button deep into your body. And at the same time, you're going to exhale. You're going to, again, kind of do that full body expansion to inhale. And then you're going to pull in your belly button and you're going to blow out like you're blowing out candles on a cake. And as you exhale, let the air hit the back of your teeth in order to make kind of a noise. So it kind of goes. And unlike the other one where you're just letting it all out, this one doesn't really involve any sort of arching of your back or rolling of your back. It just You're just sitting there nice and straight, but you're going to use your belly to kind of do it in a pushing manner. So you're going to be like, so you're almost like contracting those abs to go contract, push air out, contract, push air out, contract, push air out as you push the air in the back of your teeth to kind of make that noise. And so you can think of it either as like tightening your abs or pulling your belly button in, but you're just in sequence, making less and less and less room for that air. And the exercise is great because you're taking a deep breath and that deep breath tells your body to calm down. But it also takes focus to take that deep breath in and then push it out, push it out, push it out in sequence until it's all emptied. And so that focus takes away the other thoughts in your mind, makes you just focus on your breath. And that creates less irritability It creates a calmness. It creates space for other thoughts. It creates a pause in the anxiety cycle of working yourself up and up and up. And, you know, make sure you're doing it at a slow enough pace that you're not making it feel too active and too aggravating the anxiety in and of itself, but just slow. So it doesn't have to be forced. It's just like you push out air and then you push out more air and you push out more. For me, it's usually three. That's about how much air I have in there. In there, But for some people, it may be four or five. 
So take a moment, practice those breathing techniques, get good at both of them, find one that works best for you. Either way, great way to bring in calm into a moment, even after you've done all your mindset work and self-talk and all of that. Then it's about creating space for calm and space for peace, space for mental health. And the first place is actual time. It takes space and having enough time for what you need to do to not always feel constantly under pressure. More than ever, we see everyone else doing all the things and comparison becomes a serious problem. We're constantly connected through our cell phones, talking, texting, being able to ask someone a question, ask somebody to send, can you send me that recipe? Can you send me the link to that thing that you showed me the other day? Like we're constantly able to ask or request or make plans. And this connection can be wonderful. Uh, Modern technology can be wonderful, but it can also create overwhelm, exhaustion. And even when we're using it for positive things become too much. So we want to create space in the calendar to take care of your needs, of your health, and to pace yourself in the things that you need to do in your life. Um, And this can have an enormous effect on how we perceive and feel about the ease and peacefulness of our day-to-day in the week. Activities that light us up and feed us are really important. So that's another way to create space and time is to actually create space for the things that matter. Not just, oh, we'll get to them if we have time, but actually say, no, this is happening from here to here, regardless, there's, we just got back from kind of two weeks basically on vacation, one with the whole family and one just me and the kids. And my house is just filled with laundry and all the things that I need to unpack and school starting soon. So there's all the things that I need to get ready and so much to do. My to-do list is just going on miles and miles long. But I had promised my kids we would go to the craft store and get some things for projects that they want. And they had a list of things they needed to do first. They completed them. And then no matter how many things left I had to do, we took a break. We went and we enjoyed ourselves and we gave that space. And that's kind of what I'm talking about is that there are things that are important, the things that like make life worth living. They need to be given space. We need to be able to get outside in the day. We need to be able to do the things that make us feel good, even if our to-do list goes on for days. It'll continue to go on. We know that. It's never going to end, so we have to create space for the things. If you love music, create space for music. If you love the outdoors, create space for the outdoors. If you love and crave time with you know friends, create that time. It's not going to happen without creating it and give yourself permission to do those things and be vigilant about guarding that time. Relationships that fill you up, choose those ones, invest in those ones and limit the ones that drain you because all relationships take a fair amount of effort to maintain and grow. And so really focus on the ones that fill you up inside too and don't just leave your cup more and more empty. It's okay to constantly reevaluate and to protect yourself from too much of a relationship relationships that require you to walk on eggshells create so much anxiety and stress and also relationships where you are unable to just let down and be yourself those kind of relationships limit how much time you have to spend with those Um, we can't always get away from them entirely but try to limit your exposure to those so that you can just live in a place where you feel good you feel free you feel like you have the ability to be yourself and it doesn't have to be a falling out it can just be that you give yourself permission to have a little bit more space in these areas that are causing you anxiety. And it can come in many forms. It doesn't always have to be avoiding a person. It can be just what you agree to or don't agree to. Um, There's many ways to go about creating that space for yourself. Well, there you have it, my friend. PCOS and the anxiety connection. There are actual chemical ways that PCOS can increase our anxiety. 
Um, There are physical reasons and there are emotional reasons. And all of these have different ways that we can combat them through with lifestyle adjustments to balance our hormones, with our mindset and our self-talk to help us feel more in control, less helpless, more empowered, and more calm about what we would do in a given situation. So I hope this episode has helped you find ways to increase peace and calm in your day-to-day life. If you have found this episode helpful, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you will be notified each week as the next topic becomes available. And if you have any questions about the information in this episode or any of the other episodes or PCOS in general, head on over to Instagram at Nourish to Healthy and leave me a comment or a DM and I would love to connect with you over there and to continue the conversation about all of these important health topics for PCOS. And until next time, bye for now. Did you know that studies of PCOS epigenetics have shown that our environment can either worsen or completely reverse our PCOS symptoms? I believe that although PCOS makes us sensitive to our environment, it also makes us powerful. When we learn what our body needs and commit to providing those needs, not only do we gain back our health, but we grow in power just by showing up for ourselves. This is why I've created a guide for you to get started. My PCOS fertility meal guide can be found in the show notes below. I want to show you how to create an environment that promotes healing while still being able to live a life that you enjoy. This guide is completely free. So go get your copy now so that you can step into the vision that you have for your life and for your health.